and welcome to the round nine review on the Dr. Supercoach podcast. This week we're going to run down who needs to be downgraded and who to, the potential sideways trading of premiums and all the bottomed out premiums. Afterwards we'll go through the top six to eight of each line. For the first time this week I'm joined by two guests. Um, firstly, Giri, how are you? Hey, hey, mate. And secondly, Damon, how are you, mate? Yeah, pretty good. It's good to be back. Uh, uh, first of all, we'll go through Geary. Geary, how was your week, mate? Um, it was okay. I scored uh, 2,252. I That's all my rank rise, 4,266 spots. And now I'm ranked 34,133. So uh, I'm not having the best year, but I'm continuing to push on. I had uh, both Shaw and Goldstein in my team, which was handy, but... Um, I captained neither of them. I VC'd Dangerfield and obviously wasn't going to take that. And I ended up captaining Zorko, who gave me a serviceable 120. Um, I'm not too disappointed with it, but considering what some other premiums scored, it did put me behind the pack a little bit. Um, yeah. All right. Um, Damon, how was your week, buddy? Yeah, I was a little bit indifferent about it. Um, going into the week, I was pretty happy that I could field 22. Um, which kind of I thought would set me apart from most. However, didn't really go all that well once it played out. I uh, vice captain Hanbury on Friday night, and then decided the 110 wasn't exactly what I wanted. And then I proceeded to captain Dangerfield on Saturday afternoon, which kind of backfired a little bit, especially because Hanbury scored more. And then Goldstein and Heath Shaw, not that I really considered Heath Shaw as a captain option, both went on to uh, score big time scores. But uh, I was a little bit happy with... I brought in Dane Zorko and he scored 120, so that was all right. But um, Mother Trade bringing in Darcy McPherson really stung yeah. as he got injured in, was it, uh, the first half? And, yeah, the 44 really hurt. But I ended up scoring 2,287, which saw me move up only eight places to 1,421. Um, what about you, Jordan? Very nice. Um, I scored 2,320 and moved up 2,500 spots to around about rank 7,000. Similar to you, I did also have the vice-captain on Hanbury and contemplated going with Dangerfield or not. Luckily, I chose to just bank the points um, of 110 from Hanbury and didn't decide to risk it with Dangerfield. Um, I'm not too upset that I missed out on Goldstein because I never really considered him as a captain option heading into the round, not sure why, but yeah, to still pull together 23 plus, having missed out on about 60 points from Goldie, and move up 2,500 rankings, I'm still pretty happy with how the week went. We'll move straight on to the who needs to be downgraded, and on top of the list is Darcy Byrne-Jones, his break-even is 105, his price is 323k, Giri, you're a DBJ owner, what are you doing with him this week? Um, yeah, he's first to go on my list, break even of 105, um, and even though if you hold this week uh, and get that 29 out of his average, he's going to drop about at least 20k, and yeah, uh, he doesn't have that much more potential to make more money, um, but at this stage, Darcy Burn jones he's made about 200k, and that's an incredibly good effort from defensive rookie so he served us well but it's time to go yeah he has and you know that 200k jump i don't think anyone expected it when they traded him in but those 
tons just didn't stop for a little while there and we all we all banked him in. Damon, yeah. what are you doing with Darcy? Um, yeah, I think the most logical option this week would be to trade him either up or down, depending on uh, how much cash you have in the bank or if you're looking at bringing someone in. Um, obviously, it might not be ideal if someone like Mitch Brown or, or Tom Ruggles comes on the field for him, but I think given the amount of cash that he's set to lose, a 105 break-even, I think, yeah, the most logical option is to downgrade him, as Geary said. Um, hopefully, there's someone there that we can downgrade him to, and obviously, there's heaps that we can move up from. Yeah. I'm in a bit of a different position. I'm doing a double upgrade this week, so I'm pretty much going to stick it fat with Darcy and hope that he just you know drops a little bit and then quickly rises back up to the two three hundred k mark when I need to trade him. Um, it's a bit of wishful thinking. It's a bit risky, but I need to get points on the field at the moment. And I mean, if he scores seventy for the next couple of weeks, um, he's a better option, like you said, than someone like Mitch Brown who who seems to be doing all right, actually. His break-even is 75, and he's priced at 312k. What would you do with him, Damon? Yeah, so obviously, like, it's a bit of a 50-50 call between both of them, but I think it really comes down to, at this this stage of the year, um, who's going to lose more money. Um, obviously, the, the points thing, like you said, comes into it as well, but for me, I'm looking at getting rid of Darcy Byrne-Jones and holding Mitch Brown. Uh, I think he's got, was it, three 80s in his last four games? Yeah. Albeit with a, a really, really low score last week. So if you can kind of continue that form and get that 29 out of his system, his break-even will probably drop in the coming weeks. Um, a favourable game to some degree against Richmond this week. I'm assuming Alex Rance will go to Joe Danaher. Could be wrong, but you'd, you'd assume that, I think. So I think he could score another 60, 70, which would be serviceable, and get rid of that. And yeah, Like I said, um, reach his break-even get rid of the 29, and he should be set to make a little bit more money in the coming weeks. Yeah, um, he does score really well as the third tool. Um, someone pointed it out to me that he was scoring averagely as the second tool, but they tend to be playing the three tools um, every week now, so hopefully he can keep pumping out those 70s, and then his price will quickly go up to 330k when that 29... Yeah, he's quite out. mobile as well, isn't he? Yeah, very, yeah. I mean, he got a... I think all his goals were crumbing goals. I'm not sure if he... Yeah, we had one off a set shot this week. Gary, what are you doing with him this week? Um, I'm actually looking to trade both Bernard Jones and Brown this week. Um, I guess it's a bit of a risky thing to hold him for that extra week because he's as prone to scoring a 29 as he is to getting an 80. And I mean, if he gets the 80, then you know the 29 goes out of his system. His break even is pretty low. However, if he does, you know, you know, pull off a 20 or a 30, um, he's going to drop in price and you're going to have to trade him out anyway. So uh, my team personally, I wouldn't be fielding Mitch Brown. So I really don't need the points, more so I'd need the cash. So that's why I'll be moving him on this week. Yeah, and fair enough too if you if you need the cash to get a vital upgrade on the field. Um, with Mitch Brown, I'm obviously holding like I am with Darcy and... Um, he'll stagnate on that price for a few weeks now, considering that 22 will roll out of his um, three-round rolling average. Um, his teammate, Tipping Woody, his break-even is 45, and he's 352k, which is really huge. He's, he's gone up 250k, essentially. Um, much more than what we expect from him. Damon, if you were still an owner, um, not sure if you've traded him already, what would you do with Tipper? Well, I haven't traded him already. He's still on my side, and I'm really happy with him, to be honest. Um, 
he's such an exciting player, and I think the the line breaking ability that he possesses is such super coach gold. If you look at guys like Jason Johannesson and Dane Zorko, the guys that love to run and carry, they always uh, always seem to um, generate a lot of points. And I think he's one of those guys. And with a break even of forty five, he's he should score that. I don't think he's scored less than that this season. I'm pretty sure he hasn't. So yeah, he should at least score that. He's not going to lose any money, and he's probably going to be better have on the field than other guys that are on your bench. Um, even with you know, Rory Laird, if they come back, and those type of guys, um, yeah, I'll be definitely holding him, not even thinking about getting rid of him at this stage. Yeah, and that, that's fair enough as well. I mean, I traded him about a fortnight ago, and I don't have any regrets, but he's still just ticking along so nicely for those who kept him. Giri, um, are you in the same boat, mate? Yeah, um, look, I have a man crush on this guy. Massive man crush. Um uh, look, he's, yeah, like David said, he's an exciting player, loves to run and carry, and he's someone that you'd be happy to field. Like, you wouldn't think twice about, you know, uh, not fielding him as a rookie. Uh, and, yeah, Damon, you're right. He has a, His lowest score this year is a 50, so I doubt he's going to give you too many more of those. I reckon he's good for those uh, 70s, 70s and 80s from here on in. Yeah, so definitely hold for another couple of weeks. He's definitely got the points in him, and he'll make a bit more cash until, like, almost till the buys. I reckon. Yeah, good call. I um, think. Yeah. Sorry, I, go, Damon. I think also Essendon really looked to, to actually give him the ball. He's one of the players that they want the ball in his hands. He's not just another guy that we're hoping gets touched here and there. They actually look to give it to him and use him to go forward. So I think that. He's, he's definitely, his job security-wise, he's not going to get dropped. He's definitely in their best 22 right now. And, yeah, Essendon are going to get in the ball, and it's going to be good for owners. Yeah, there's no doubt he's he's a best 22 player. He's almost the best 10 player this year. Um, He's just really cemented himself as a, a seriously important player in that team with that pace. And you're right, they do try and find him on the outside any chance they can or through the middle. And his ball use is exceptional. I, I don't think I've seen him miss a target as of yet. Yeah, he's a good kick. His big man down the other end is Michael Hartley. His break-even is 49, 307k. As an owner of Michael Hartley, he's actually been pumping out 70s lately. So, personally, I'm not going to consider trading in Geary. What about you? Yeah, me neither. Um, Really, it's kind of a toss-up between Mitch Brown and Michael Hartley. Like, on one hand, you've got Mitch Brown, who you need to wait one more week to get you know, that 29 out of his system. Uh, but you're also at the risk of uh, him scoring another 29. Whereas Michael Hartley, he's probably going to get you those just solid 60s. And he's probably just going to make slowly make you cash. But there's no real risk of him dropping a significant amount and having a really high break even the next week. So that's the main reason why I'm holding Hartley over Mitch Brown. But uh, if you do need the cash, I would have no problem in anyone saying it's time to go Michael Hartley. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, Damon, is it as simple as bigger break even gets traded first? So you, would you keep Hartley over Brown? Um, I actually don't have uh, Michael Hartley in my team, but I think I, if I did have him, I agree with what Geary said. Um, consistency-wise, he's far more consistent than Mitch Brown. Yeah. Um, playing in the back line for Essendon, the ball's down there a hell of a lot more than it is in the forward line. And Mitch Brown's points are heavily reliant on his goals. He kicked four on the weekend and scored 83. Hartley scored, I think, 70, and he didn't kick any goals. So he just gets him in, the, in defense. 
he's a quite a good intercept marker as well, which it's a super coach gold. Um, so yeah, I would definitely keep Hartley over Mitch Brown, and yeah, I'd be looking to downgrade Mitch Brown and Darcy Burgos before I downgraded Michael Hartley. Yeah, um, I agree with all those all those statements, and I'm in a similar boat to that. If I did have to downgrade anyone in my team, um, to be honest, it would definitely be Darcy followed by Mitch Brown, but I'm not too worried about keeping either of them. Um, now, we've got a midfield rookie now, and that's Jade Gresham. Um, his break-even's all the way down at 42, but... How many times has he scored above 42? This is a bit worrying, Damon. Yeah, look, it's. I don't think he has scored above 50 yet. He might have scored above it once. Uh, he's only made us, what is it, 80, 80, 90, 90K. So it's not really that that much cash 60. generation. But given his scoring, he's, 60K, he's is that it? Well, yeah. yeah, he started at 144. So he essentially, he's, essentially a, he's essentially a Connor manager without the, double, the dual position eligibility. So in my mind, that puts him below um, Connor manager in the pecking order, and he's first to go. Um, when comparing those two. So, yeah, um, there's not a whole lot on the bubble this week midfield-wise. So, unless you can really go up, um, there's not too much you can do with him. Like, we'll get into Jacob Hopper later, but you're not really going to create much money from that downgrade. So, he's kind of at that awkward price. Um, but if you're going to go up, Jade Gershon's definitely what the one one of the people that you'd be looking at um, getting rid of if you're going to get a, a Matt Perez or someone like that. So, yeah, I'd, I'd have no gripes with people trading him out this week. Yeah, and look, he's not—he's not a desperate trade out either. He's not going to lose you much or any cash. Um, so, I mean, it's not like you have to desperately shuffle your team around to get him out. Um, Gary, do you own Gresham? No, um, I got rid of him when he first got dropped, so I don't have that problem. But Connor Manager and Jade Gresham—they do hold the comparisons, and I think the thing with, um, yeah, like Damon said. Manager is a dual position player, so you can at least switch him from the two lines to cover donuts, whereas Jay Gresham is just kind of like a stain in your team. And if he does, you know, get dropped or rested again, then you're just looking at a 200k uh, rookie that hasn't really done much for you. So if the opportunity presents itself, which probably won't happen this week, but the, the opportunity will present itself next week, I think that would be a better time to trade Jay Gresham rather than now. Yeah, and... I think, um, can I jump in real quick, Jordan? I think another thing to consider is a lot of people are comparing Jade Gresham to Ryan Davis because they're kind of at a similar price with a similar scoring potential. Ryan Davis did score 66 on the weekend, so he's set to bump up a little bit more in price. But also, Ryan Davis is playing for the Gold Coast but they have a heap of injuries. And Jade Gresham is at St. Kilda where there's like a, a heap of young players looking to come in and potentially take his spot. So... That's another person that you might be tossing up. Do I trade Davis or Gresham? Definitely trade Gresham ahead of Ryan Davis. Yeah, and we've made so many comparisons to Menadju, so we might as well go through him quickly. His break-even's 56. He's 226K. Um, I, I say the same thing about Menadju every week. You don't desperately need to create, trade him because he's not going to lose you money. But if you do need to trade someone, then Menadju is arguably um, one of your easiest to trade. Um, Giri, what would you do with Menadju at this point? Yeah, um, look, I'm just going to hold him for now. Um, I don't really see anyone that I can upgrade or downgrade him to. So I'm just going to let him float around my midfield and forward line and let him cover donuts when need be. Um, it just seems to be stagnating and 
around that 220,000 mark. So I'm just going to let him do that for now. Damon, similar thoughts? Yeah, pretty much the exact same. He's sitting at uh, forward eight for me, so it's not really like, he's, I'm not really going to be fielding him unless Barlow and Hall miss again this week. And yeah, he's he's just he's kind of a slow burn, isn't he? He just he's going to sit in that two fifty to two hundred k mark, not really move a whole lot. So yeah. his DPP eligibility is enough for him to stay my side for my, the time being. Yeah, he's a really painfully slow burn. Um, and we thought this guy would be as well, although he started so well. Ben Kennedy, his break-even is still down at 54. He's priced at 354. Um, unless you've got a, a real upgrade target that you're considering, I wouldn't trade Kennedy as a necessity, but more as a luxury. What do you think, Damon? Yeah, I think it's spot on there. Um, I remember a couple of weeks ago, I was tossing up between trading out Lincoln McCarthy and Ben Ben Kennedy. I actually kept Ben Kennedy, which has turned out to be one of the better decisions of this young season. And I think at this point, he's scoring well enough to justify holding him. I think he's averaging around eight, the 80 mark, which is more than enough for a, someone that started at his price to maintain a spot in the side. And yeah, unless you're looking at a guy like um, Zorko, Dalhouse, Franklin, and you have enough money to do it now, it's probably no reason to trade him. Um, I'm happy enough fielding him for the time being. And I think Melbourne are playing a brand of football where a lot of people get involved in the points, a lot of people get disposals, and he's really benefiting from that type of system. So, yeah, hold for me. Uh, Geary, would you also hold Kennedy? or? Yeah, I'm definitely holding Kennedy. Um, I'm happy with the points he's giving me. So until, you know, we start, he starts to reach, his price starts to reach uh, a point where I can easily upgrade him, yeah, to someone like uh, Franklin... Uh, Dalhouse or Deledio, um, yeah, I'm going to uh, just hold him and just let him be my team. All right, I completely agree. And that wraps up our who we need to downgrade. Um, our downgrade options there, I mean, there's only really three serious ones this week. Um, starting with Jacob Hopper, he's got a negative 64 break even, which is good for someone priced at 193k. Um, after that stellar debut, um, he backed it up with a decent second game. Um, now, we probably have varying opinions on Hopper. What are yours, Geary? I'd rather not. Um, if he was, if he scored maybe an 80 or a 90 this week, I would have definitely considered. But he's priced at 193, so his potential for making cash is uh, a lot lower since he would have to continually score 80s and 90s to really justify his spot in the team, uh, to justify a trade-in for me. Um, and also another thing we have to consider is how much money are you making from a downgrade? Because if you're only making, if you're, let's say, trading someone like, oh, let's say you're using a dual position link from trading... Uh, someone like maybe Mitch Brown from your forward line like I am and trading into Jacob Hopper, you're making 100k and maybe trading 100k, using 100k to upgrade another rookie might not get you the premium that you want. So I probably would stay away from Jacob Hopper. Um, However, that could very well turn out to bite me if he scores 100 this week because his price will absolutely skyrocket. Yeah, um, I should point out, um, Adam Tomlinson, one goal, 52 disposals. Jack Steele, 
two goals to 43 disposals. Even Lloyd, D. Lloyd, I'm not even sure who that is, but he had two goals, one 32 disposals. And there is just a list of GWS players in the seconds getting these numbers. Damon, does that worry you as a potential trading target when his resis are doing that well? Yeah, it's a massive issue, um, especially at that price. If you're going to uh, chop out 200k for someone that you're downgrading to, you have to be extremely sold on them, and they have to be like 100% short of a game every week. So obviously the the points that Gary brought up are justified, um, and everybody will be considering them. But with GWS having arguably the, the strongest list of all time, you could make a case for just the depth in that at that club is like absolutely outstanding. Yeah, he could be in and out of the side every two weeks, and then. Whilst he's going to generate cash, it could be like generate cash for a couple of weeks out the side, comes back in a couple of weeks later, which is just a slow burn. And especially coming up into buys, you really want to be downgrading to guys that you know are going to play every week because we're going to need players on the park come buy time um, or else you're really going to drop down the ranking. So it's a line ball call for me. I'm not really sure what I'm going to do at this stage. I think teams on Thursday will be kind of a defining factor, um, how, much of, how many of the premiums come back in. But at this stage, I'm not really sure, so I can't really give advice, but I'll say I'm leaning towards passing, if anything. Yep, um, I'm the exact same. I'm probably more than leaning towards. I'm, I'm dead set on passing on Hopper. I just think for that price, if he came out like Ben Kennedy and hit back-to-back tons, then I, I would grab him because he'd, you'd be forced to. But um, with his job security shaky and his scoring potential... I mean, we've seen it be good, but we can also see what it's like when, you know, he can he only scores those sixties or seventies. So, um, I just yeah, I don't. I, he's not that appealing to me. He'd have to really demand a spot in my team at that price. Um, at a cheaper yeah. price, um, Bailey Williams, negative forty four break even, hundred and seventeen k. Um, Damon, you know more than him, uh, more about him than me. What are your thoughts on him? Well, I think that given the type of player that he is, where, where he's a pretty good ball user, and in that Western Bulldogs system, obviously he didn't come off the best of scores last week, but they played GWS, who are the epitome of the good ball using and running system. Um, he's, the scoring potential is there. Like uh, if you, When the Western Bulldogs play well, everybody gets in on the act, everybody scores well. So their point scoring ability is not really the question here. I think the, the bigger question is how long will he stay in that Bulldog side? We've got Matt Boyd to come back this week. Um, other guys around the corner like Jason Johansson, Matt Suckling, probably more so. He's closer to a return, so that's the real question for me. I wouldn't even be surprised if he did get dropped this week, but I think if he does maintain in in the side for say three or four weeks, he, the cash generation would be there. And given the fact that he's a defender, I think a lot of teams out there will be considering him for guys like Tarsi Burn Jones and Mitch Brown that we talked about before. Yeah. So I would definitely say there's a case to be made for him. I know one of the people considering him is Geary. Geary, um, if he's named this week, you've said that you're probably going to select him. Um, what are your yeah, reasonings? that's right. Yeah. What's, um, your, what's your reasons? I think uh, first reason being he's uh, mid-defence eligible, so I'd be picking, picking him in the midfield for this week. And by picking him in the midfield this week and then upgrading in my defence, it allows me to... Open up my degrees of freedom. Open up my degrees of freedom for next week. So Bailey Williams, more so, his uh, more than his cash generation and his job security. Uh, I'm looking really for that. Really to open up the links and 
yeah, the flexibility. Thanks, Jordan. Um, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, that's what I'm really looking for because then I can upgrade in the midfield uh, the week after. And that's really what I'm looking to do in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, in that instance... That defender, can... that defender forward line link is very scarce in this game as well. Not, not a whole lot of players do have that. Well, this is our first rookie with that eligibility that's actually um, got on the park. Um, Hibbard from North Melbourne was in consideration in the preseason, but never never came to fruition. So, yeah, it's a very, very tempting link to open up, that's for sure. Um, the next one is another defender, and if he gets named, Darcy Tucker could be a good selection. His break-even's negative 31. He's also at 117k. Um, have you been considering him at all, Geary? Not really, but um, if Bailey Williams isn't named and Tucker is, uh, then, yes, Tucker would probably be a greater consideration than Jacob Popper at this stage. Um, ideally, Bailey Williams is named, but uh, I think with all these injuries that Fremantle have been having, Tucker has probably got slightly better job security, and I think you couldn't go too much wrong with selecting him. Yeah. Um, do you have similar thoughts, Damon? I think I'm a bit higher on him than I think Geary is. For me, if Darcy Tucker gets named, I'll be taking him over Bailey Williams. Um, Alex Pierce going down from Fremantle on the weekend is what I kind of think is going to open the door for Darcy Tucker to come back into the side. And Fremantle's draw does open up quite extensively in the coming weeks. They have a lot more, a lot of easier games, which I think would be um, a good segue for Darcy Tucker to score relatively good scores for a backline rookie and make a little bit of money. And yeah, like Gary said, the job security is far greater than I think Bailey Williams will have. I think if Darcy Tucker can crack back into the side this week or in the coming weeks and play relatively well, he should be in there for the long haul of the season, given the fact that Ross has said that he's going to play the kids. So, yeah, let's just hope that that happens or else, yeah, it's Bailey Williams or nothing. The kids and Barlow, um, we hope get played. Yeah, well, I hope so. <laughs> Um, now, it's worthy to note that Matheson is on the bubble next week and um, he's looking like an excellent prospect. If you do need to trade out a rookie, it might be worth holding them for just one more week to watch Matheson. Cop maybe a little bit of a price drop or um, just be patient with that last little price rise and then jump on him next week. So it doesn't look too scarce in the rookie department. Now, we're going to premiums that we may have to sideways trade. Um, Liberatore is the first one and he's not someone that he's the same as Kennedy um, it's more of a luxury to be able to trade someone like Liberatore at this stage but um, if you needed to make that little jump and just bag those extra points to a fallen premium um, I can't I can't fault that whatsoever um, would you agree Damon? Yeah I think um, with Liberatore I don't think oh, well I think some people did think that he was a season keeper I don't really look at him that way as being a season keeper I think in my side, he'd be just about the last person I upgrade and have him sitting at uh, mid-eight for the good part of the season. Um, he's showing that he can score. Uh, obviously, he's a tackling machine, which Supercoach loves. It's just a matter of when you're going to make the move for him. So, obviously, there's a couple guys that are about to skyrocket in price that have fallen quite a bit. So, might, now might be the time to pounce. But given the structure of my side and what other needs I have to attend to, I think this week he sits in my side and probably will sit in my side for an extensive period of time, I think. Yep. The next one is Barlow. Now, if Barlow isn't named this week, he becomes very interesting. Um, 
He's up at 515k. Geary, would you think about trading Barlow if he's not named this week? Yeah, um, I think after the two games that he's had in the waffle, if he's not named this week, I think that pretty much uh, says uh, a lot about what Ross Lyon plans for the future. And obviously Barlow's not going to be a part of that. So I think, yeah, it's probably best that we move Barlow on if he's not named. And the good thing is that he's priced at over 500k, so you can pretty much trade to anyone in the forward line, like there's your buddies, your dollhouses, your deletios. So it's not all that bad. It's just that you're wasting a trade and it's unfortunately sideways. Yeah, he isn't quite that premium that we anticipated at the start of the season. Um, Ross is a bit of a tease like that. Question for you, Damon. If Wells misses another week for an Achilles complaint, would you consider moving him on? I've personally already moved him on. Yeah, as have I. Um, I think... Someone with an injury history like Daniel Wells, it's always a chance that they're going to go down. And on the Sunday footy show on the weekend, I think it was which Scott's the coach down there. Is it is it Chris? I think it's Chris. I'm not really sure. One of the Scots. He it, it was is it Brad? He was quoted as saying um, they're going to be extremely cautious with Wells. So that's definitely a worry. Um, who knows when he's going to come back in? And if he does come back in, I, I feel like any slight knock or slight um, tightness is just going to see him out of the side again. So. He's, he's served his purpose. He's made the money. He's provided an option where we can get him in, upgrade without using a whole lot of cash. So he's done that purpose. I've already traded him out and moved him on, but if you still have him and he doesn't get named this week, I'd be looking to do the same. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I'm going to speak on behalf of all of us and say that if Ablett doesn't line up this week, still stick with him. It does suck, but in in uh, the a better way to look at it is that maybe he's just getting that little bit of rest that will... That'll freshen him up and he'll have a massive uh, period after and around the buys. Bottom out primos is what we're going to look at now. And at the top of the list and top of everyone's mind is Matt Prittis. He's finally strung together back-to-back tons. One at home, one away from home, which is great to see. He's only 502 Ks. Break-even's all the way down at 66. Tell us about Prittis, Damon. Yeah, he's pretty much the guy that I'm looking to get in the most this week. Um... Former Brownlow medalist, I think he's averaged over 110 in the last three or four seasons. His resume speaks for himself. Um, the amount of hitouts he gets from Nick, like Nick Nadanui, arguably the best hitouts to advantage Ruckman in the game. Loves playing at home. Doesn't really like get affected by playing against the good teams because he loves contested ball tackles. You can make such a great case for him. But there's no point in going too far into it. I think if you're looking to upgrade to a midfielder this week, look no further than Matt Prudis. Um, it's really a no-brainer. So if you're upgrading a guy like Gresham that we talked about before to Matt Prittis, that's a massive upgrade. And I don't think he's going to get much cheaper than this for the rest of the season. No, this uh, is started at, his complete bottom price. Yeah, started at 600k. Um, yeah, go for it. Don't even think to us. On that note, we will move on to the next one. JPK from Sydney. His break-even's down at 87. He's a bit of a different one. Um, he's 552k. How much do you know about JPK and would you look to get him in this week, Geary? Um, I would... I was considering starting JPK, but um, given the emergence of uh, Hannah Brand Parker, it's kind of, I'd say, it's at the start of the season, I'd say it kind of affected him, given how Hannah Brand Parker started. But over the last few week, uh, over the last three weeks, he's averaging something like 114. So it's he, that's obviously not the case. He's probably just had a bad patch, and with a break even of 87, and he's priced at 552. 
I think now's a pretty good uh, opportunity to uh, jump on. Because uh, Sydney are in great form, and I think uh, it's a it's a pattern with a lot of uh, the good teams that you know when the team when the team's doing well, everyone gets in on the act, and I think uh, JPK is a part of it. So I don't think he's an awful selection. Yeah, and he does present as a bit of a POD, but an even bigger POD is your mate, Damon, um, Jack Stephen, with a break-even of 52 and a price of 505. You're big on him, so I'm pretty much going to pass the mic over. Would you like to talk yeah, about Stephen? I'm, I'm big on him because a couple, a couple of mates of mine have been big on him in the, in the last couple of years, and so I've been forced to take notice of him due to their, them picking him, and this year comes and Jack Stephen really breaks out and then, and then they didn't pick him this year. But I think definitely he's someone to look at. Obviously, he has elite speed. The thing that lets him down is the ball use, but he just racks the ball up, especially when St. Kilda plays at Etihad. I think he had 40 disposals on the weekend. He actually used the ball well and he can actually go forward and kick goals. So, yeah, price that 500k, what you said, like you said, he's actually really cheap. Obviously, you're going to compare him to someone like Matt Prittis, who is got more of an extensive resume at the same price. But if you already have a midfield that is stacked with highly owned players and you're looking for someone something that's not necessarily um, following the crowd, you're looking for a pop. I think Jack Steven could be a great pick. I think St. Kilda are on the up and the break even at fifty two is at price is only going to go up as well. So yeah, I am I'm, I'm I'm pretty high on him to be honest. You know, I, I completely agree and if you don't have that lot I mean, I started with Dylan Shield, and he's a bit of a POD, and he'll probably be my, my mid-eight by the end of the season. If you don't have a player like that, and you're just looking for a little um, a little diamond in the rough to sort of vault you ahead of the competition when he when he scores big, um, Jack, look no further than Jack Stephen. He does look like an exceptional pick. And the next player is Chad Wingard. His break-even is all the way down at 58 after a ton on the weekend. And he's priced at 381k. Um, well, I'll talk a little bit about him. I, his season so far has been awful. As a Port supporter, watching him out, this out of form has just been dreadful to watch. Um, I do recall, however, last season him ending the ending the year with so many four goal plus games. And I'm not saying he'll get on a similar run, but at 380k, if he could almost duplicate. Um, so anything near that, he could be a really good um, F7 by the end of the season, considering his price. Uh, are you considering him at all, Damon? No, not, he's not really the one type of guy that I'm looking at right now. Like you said, I kind of see him more as a forward seven, mid nine kind of guy. Uh, in regards to the midfielders, I think there's, uh, sorry, forwards, there's heaps better options. I think that position's really deep this year with your likes of Zorko, Martin. Um, Montagna, Dalhouse. So, yeah, he is cheap and he has bottomed out, but I just don't really see him being one of the guys that's going to score enough to justify being on the field each week. And for now, that doesn't justify a trade for me. Yeah, unfortunately, I do um, think along the similar lines. Um, I suppose looking at it glass half full, he can score those 90s and average that 95. But um, it just just feels a little bit optimistic at this point, so um, it's probably a pass. Deledio, he has just about broke uh, bottomed out. His break-even is 105. He's 547k. Damon, have you considered uh, him, or will you wait another week or two? Yeah, um, I haven't really considered Deledio up until this week because uh, his form c- coming into the last couple of weeks hadn't been that great. So I think he's only really strung together a couple of good weeks in the last fortnight. But 
given his price now has dropped to around was it five fifty k, break even at one hundred five. I think now's about the time to pounce. Essendon this week as well, so potentially Delito could go big, and I think they have a couple of easy games in the next month or so. So I think if you are upgrading to a forward this week, he's definitely one to look at and should be at the top of your list. Um, there are other guys like that I just mentioned before, but I think Delito has justified with his resume that he should be a guy that should be in your final team. Whether or not you get him now or later on in the season is up to you, but I will definitely be looking at getting him in this week, if not next. Yeah, I'm I'm considering moving Barlow for him if that needs um to happen if he if he doesn't make the team again this week. The next player, Zach Merritt, his break even's all the way down at seventy seven, he's five hundred and thirteen K. Now I've got a bit of a no bombers policy and I know you do as well, Damon. So Giri, what are your thoughts on Merritt? I also have a bit of a no bombers premium policy <laughs> as well. So I so I'm probably won't be going uh, with him this season. However, that hasn't stopped him. Um, he's averaging over 100, and as a board, that's gold. Break-even at 77, price at 513k. Now's a good time as ever to jump on if you're ballsy enough to make the call. But personally, I wouldn't be doing it. I can see them getting thrashed so many more times, and I'm still not convinced that uh, he'll be a top six uh, forward come the end of the year. Yeah, um, he's he's an interesting one, but I agree. I, I'm just not convinced he'll be a top six forward, therefore I can't really justify using a trade getting him in, although he has a, is at a low price. Um, the final bottomed-out premium that we're going to go through is Goldstein. Uh, simply put, if you didn't start with him and you don't plan on getting him this week, you probably don't plan on getting him at all. He's Break even 66 is 570k. Uh, this is looking like the cheapest he's going to get, Damon. Yeah, definitely. Um, th- those that didn't start with him, I think it's about time that they admitted that it was somewhat of a mistake. Uh, he was always going to be the highest scoring ruckman for the year, even though Max Gorn did give him a run for his money for the past, what is it, nine rounds, but he's really tapered off. So if you didn't start with him, I think it's time to accept that he's he's dropped in price like what is it, 125 grand now? So you're getting him at a bargain price, given how good of a player he is. Yeah. And just get him, get him. If if you have Stefan Martin and you don't have Goldstein, then like make the move now. Like shouldn't be waiting any longer. That is an interesting one. And Gary, you do have Stefan Martin. Are you considering trading him out yes. for someone like Goldstein this week? Well, funnily enough, I do have Goldstein. Oh. So right. um, can't have yeah, can't have two of him. But oh, we. Uh, yeah, I. I will be looking to trade out Stefan Martin at some point. Um, for me right now, that's a bit of a luxury trade, so it's probably not going to happen until he has his buy. And at that point, I will be looking to jump on one of uh, Gorn and Gorn or Nick Nathanui. Okay, yep. So prob- yeah. probably yeah. to summarise, you'd hold Stefan until the buys um, at yeah. least. And I just mean, it's a luxury trade, yeah. yeah. yeah it's, it's a luxury trade at this point because you definitely have that so many more problems than Stefan Martin right now. Yep, yeah, um, no doubt. All right, so we'll go through the top six from each line, eight from the mids and two from the rucks. Um, beginning with defenders, uh, would you like to go first, Damon? Yep, so before we start, I'll, I think we all agreed that this list of six backs, forwards and eight mids is for the average for the rest of the season, so not taking into account what they have already scored. Yeah. So. 
pretend like the season starts now, what they're going to score from then, from then on in. So yeah. for my backs, I have Heath Shaw, Matt Boyd, Cade Simpson, Alex Rance, Rory Laird, and in the sixth spot, which was very hard to differentiate between a number of players, I'm going to go with Jared McVeigh. A little bit of bias because I picked him last week, but I'll go with Jared McVeigh. Honourable mention to Sam Doherty. Yep, um, mine are very similar. I've gone with Heath Shaw, Rory Laird, Cade Simpson, Alex Rance, Matthew Boyd, and also Jared McVeigh. Were they exactly the same? Uh, the, the same six. I think it's slightly different order. Not that that matters. Okay, yeah. Well, um, they're in no specific order, so we do have we do have yep. the same six. Um, yeah. Gary, what are yours like? Yeah, you might as well not even ask me because I picked the exact same six. Um, <laughs> it was a tough choice. It was a tough choice between McVeigh and Dockley, but I think. McVeigh, I think his previous seasons, he seems to have the runs on the board. And I think he, you know, he's just come back from an injury. So I think from here on in, he's uh, going to, you know, pull out a good 100 average. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Um, Damon, would you like to go through with your midfield? Okay, so with for the purposes of this exercise, I did leave Gary Atwood out of it. I think we can all agree that if he is fit and does play the whole last half of the season that he'll be in there without doubt so he's out of it for this for this exercise but my eight reads as Dangerfield Pendlebury Hannabury Luke Parker Callum Ward Matt Prittis Adam Trelaw who's come on big time this year and last spot I have Joel Selwood yeah very similar again I've gone with Dangerfield Hannabury Luke Parker Matt Prittis Robbie Gray, I have put Gary Ablett in there. I think regardless of injury or not, I think he'll come out really, really fresh and really well. Um, I've also got Pendlebury, and I had to put in Dylan Shew as my little POD scoring. Um, he hasn't scored below 90 for the season, so um, his consistency should keep up, and hopefully he turns 110s into 120s and has a really good second half to the season. Gary, what's yours like, mate? Okay, well, this one's a bit different as well. Uh, I think we've agreed on Bangsfield, Hanbury, Parker and Pendlebury. I've also got uh, Callan Ward, Matthew Prittis, Robbie Gray, and I'm going to finish off with uh, Lockie Neal. I wow. think he's really stepped up this... Yeah, I, I think he's really stepped... <laughs> um, I think he's really stepped up this season, and I think uh, he's going to finish... Come home really strongly. Very good call. Um... So, yeah, he's in my... I think Ross. I think Ross has uh, Lockie Neal in his supercoach side, taking out Barlow so that Neal steals all the points just quietly. God, that sounds yeah. just like Ross. And then in three weeks he'll trade him out, so he will drop him, and everyone else will suffer. <laughs> yeah. Um, what are your Rockman, Damon? Well, I'm just going to go Goldie Nick Nat. Keep it short. I picked Nick Nat over Gorn. It didn't necessarily look like the best pick a couple of weeks ago, but I think it's kind of come on a little bit with Gorn scoring fifties the last two weeks. So I'll stick with that. Yep, um, the exact same. Nick Nat's consistency is what does it for me. Only one score below 100, and that was an 80. So, Nick Nat all the way for me, Geary. Yeah, Goldie Nick Nat. I wish I did, but I went with Stefan Martin. It's come to bite me. Hopefully, I can change that in the next month or so. Yeah, fingers crossed for you, buddy. Um, what are your forward yeah. line looking like, Damon? The forward line is really deep this year, so I had quite a bit of a struggle narrowing this down to six but the best attempt I could do it was um, Dane Zorko Brett Delidio, Dustin Martin Luke Dalhouse Lance Franklin and in the sixth spot I have Lee Montagna 
So Aaron Hall isn't on that list, even though I did upgrade to him, or sideways to him in round three, and everybody has him at this stage as well. Yeah, um, we only have one difference, and I've got Dusty, Dowhouse, Zorko, Deledio, Montagna, and Aaron Hall over Franklin. I just, his poor scores, or what everyone is calling his poor scores, was 170, 180, and 290s, so... Um, I think he's just got a lot to still improve on and he'll end up up there at the end of the year. Um, Giri? All right. So, um, yeah, I've got one change to you as well, Damon. Um, Zorko, Dalhouse, Buddy, uh, Dustin Martin, Brett Deledio. And the last one's a bit of an interesting one, but I've picked him based on the run home that he has and it's Josh Kennedy from West Coast. Wow. And I really hate doing this because he's a key forward... However, I think uh, is he plays Brisbane, Carlton, Essendon, and Gold Coast, uh, and Fremantle in his uh, run home for the rest of the season. So I think he's going to uh, net a few more big scores, and I think he's I think he's due I think he's due for a few uh, six and seven goal games. So I think he's not the worst pick, but definitely a risky one. He just had yeah. a seven-goal game against my mob, but yeah, I do, I do know exactly what you're saying. He's, um, he could pay off very well, um, but yeah, like you said, a very risky pick. You do have two key forwards in yeah. your top six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think um, the the big point to stress about this whole exercise is the guys that we're talking about are the guys you want to be upgrading to. Ideally, yeah. come when your team is finished, you want to have as many of these guys as you can. You want the top end guys in your team. So while while um, the guys that are money for value like your Chad Wingards of the worlds might be uh, great picks for now, they probably won't score as as, as many points over the 12, 15 week span yeah. as a Dane Zorka or a Brett Deledio. So if you do have the money, pull the trigger and go to one of these guys that will come and the uh, be the best picks in their positions. Yeah, and it is just our opinion. So obviously, if you have different players and you think they're tracking well, don't go sideways into any of these guys that's for sure um i'd like to give another plug to our um dr supercoach cancer council donation page um my own way with hyphens in between 2016.everydayhero.com we've raised um 638 dollars and 55 cents to this point um big donators we get a shout out in the thursday podcast and honestly just super proud as um, of how the community has reacted to this um, to this great cause, uh, boys. Do you have anything to say, Damon? Yeah, I think everybody out there knows how how big of an issue cancer is. So any money that you can donate obviously goes a long way. And yeah, again, thanks to all the guys that have already donated. Um, it, it really means a lot to the people that are affected by this uh, illness. Yeah, um, Gary, do you have any words? Um, yeah, it makes me really proud to see. Uh, um, people put in, you know, a couple of bucks uh, in for this great cause because, yeah, cancer, it's a deadly, it's a deadly beast and uh, we need to all get together and fight it and, you know, the more people that uh, come together and, you know, put in a little bit, maybe if it's just a buck or two or even more, um, yeah, it goes a long way and big down, we're all, like, really appreciative of uh, what the community has done, so... Uh, I think you all deserve a round of applause. Massive thanks to the community yep. again for all their um, amazing efforts. It's just 
really really awesome to see that that ticker go up every day um and that pretty much does it for our round nine review podcast thank you very much for joining me guys thanks for having me it's a pleasure uh and i'll talk to you next week have a good week